Hello church, this is Pastor Leo and I'm super excited. Even the word excited is not even enough because today we don't have a speaker or a human being. It's even something more. It's not a unicorn. No, no, no. It's my closest friend. His name is Rene Schubert from ICF Vienna. Rene, that you said yes to the invitation means a lot to me. Of course, you could not say no because you are my friends and friends have to say yes. Otherwise, you're not a friend. And Rene, what I love about you, you're very entertaining, you love Jesus, you are a storytelling you teller, you love the history in the Bible also about revivals. And God has given you a very, very unique way to share and explain the Word of God. And church, this is our tradition. When we have a guest speaker, we get up on our feet and we give him a big, tremendous, amazing applause. Let's welcome Rene, my closest friend on the stage in ICF Zurich. Come on! So thank you so much for having me here. You may be seated. Uh, after an uh, uh, introduction like this, it's always hard to start the message. So uh, maybe you, you heard my English before. You, you, it's, it sounds very similar to you because it sounds like the English from Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> It's, it's like uh, he was born in my region in Austria, so that's he speaks like I speak. So if you don't understand, uh, just watch some movies from him. And don't laugh about my English, because with my English, you can become governor of the United of California. Not president, but governor was still good. Okay, so today I like to talk about Peter. Maybe you know Peter from the... Bible, everybody knows him, Peter the fisherman, and if we start uh, to speak from Peter, it's always good to tell stories about fishing. And I love fishing, so my father was a fisher, my grandfather was a fisher, my grand-grandfather, no, just kidding, just my father was a fisher, and I thought it's a, it would be a good, good idea to go to fishing with Pastor Leo. So we, we got invited uh, in, in, to Norway to fish, to fish there, to fish there to go fishing, and you have uh, expectation, expectations if you go to fish. So he caught a fish. You know, I know it's a miracle, but he really caught a fish. And I thought, yeah, come on, if this Swiss guy can, uh, can, can, can catch some fish, I can it too. And I had my imagination, so I will, I will call, uh, call, uh, catch the bigger fish. And I had, an, uh, this was my expectation, my imagination, this would be my fish. But you know what? My reality was totally different. My reality was a very small, <laughs> tiny fish. This is not a joke. In three days, this was the biggest one I caught. So it was really embarrassing. And, I, and, and then I thought, I had, we, had, we have to do this again. So uh, on Facebook, a, a lady wrote me a message. And she said to me, I have a house in Florida. And you can have the house for free. And you also can have our boat. So I called Leo and said, Leo, we have a house for free in Florida. Do you want to come with me? Yes, yes, count me in <laughs> immediately. So we went to, uh, to Florida for fishing with the boat. And I thought, yeah, I'm the great fisherman. And I caught a catfish. You know catfish? This is a very little sweet 
fish. And I thought, yeah, I'm the great Miami fisherman. I, uh, I can fish catfish. But what I didn't know is that the catfish has a sting on his side. So, and he I get this thing into my hand and it was poisoned. So my hand hurt so much I thought I had to die on the sea. In my eyes I was dying. <laughs> so and 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 this was a really disappointment for me. And I said to, to them, to the other fishermen, I will not give up. And then the following thing happened. <laughs> I'm high. I'm high. I'm high. <laughs> so I caught a shark. You know, and sometimes life goes up, life goes down, life goes up, life goes down. We have expectations and we have, and when you have expectations, you can have disappointments too. So last week I had a big disappointment because we were invited to preach here and we planned holidays in Switzerland. And you know when you're going to plan holiday, holidays, before the holidays you work really hard and then you go into the train, you want to have the best holidays ever and I planned every hike, every sea, every place where we can sit in the sun. So it was a perfect plan but and the expectations was big. I had the expectations to relax because I needed to relax for 10 years. And I said, okay, we do this. And then we, we brought the paintings from my wife into an exhibition. And she said to me, I have pain here, so in, in this area. And she said to me, uh, this is really bad. And I thought, <laughs> I am Dr. Schubert, Dr. René with the special accent. I know everything from YouTube. And I said, okay, come on, baby, I know what you're suffering. Uh, let's do some, some stretching. You know, we did some stretching. <laughs> and after the stretching, she fell down. Total in agony with pain. We had to call the ambulance. The ambulance came and my wife was brought into the hospital uh, with uh, a, a bacterial infection of her kidneys. So it was, stretching was for nothing. So, and I was so disappointed. In the beginning of our holidays, she was in hospital. So the only good thing was the hospital pays for the food. So, and Ernst Ferstl, he said, the greatest disappointments have their, great, their origin into great, in two great expectations. So, I will show you something today. So, here you have your life line. I also call it the line of your purpose the line of your calling and this is this is your life and in your life you always have the situation where you start something and I call it the moment of calling so in the life of Peter you have also this moment of calling so something starts here maybe it's your marriage or it's your relationship with Jesus or it's your business, or your, the university, something starts on a certain point. And in Luke 5, verse 10 to 11, we read the following uh, verse. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. 
So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything and followed him. So Jesus gave Simon a calling and said, you will fish for people. He was an ordinary fisherman and he said to him, you will fish now for people. Just in the beginning, you will fish for people. He had no idea what, what this means. Now I'm fishing for people. I don't know. And in Mark 3, verse 16 to 17, he said to him, these are the 12 he appointed. Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter. And in the name of the calling, he gave him a new name. He said to him, you are not Simon anymore. You are Peter, the rock. So you're fisherman and the rock. And he had no idea what this means for, for, for his life. And, but what we can see is that Peter was a very talented young man. So, and this is always the problem with the, with the young, talented one. I brought here a picture with, with me. Uh, this young, talented uh, boy. Where is he? Come on. Here is a young, talented boy. Maybe it's a girl or maybe just figuring out what it is. <laughs> and it, oh, sorry. <laughs> Politically correct. Church-wise, not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Stop recording. <laughs> okay, and everybody thought, oh, this is so, this guy is so talented. And when I, when I, when I became a Christian, for me, what was also a very unique situation because I had no idea uh, what's my life about. When I, in the age of... Um, 20 years, I was a drug addict till 20 years old. And, and when I came to church, I had this, um, this idea that God wants to use my life for something. And I said, as a young Christian, come on. Now the kingdom of God, it's, it's, uh, they, they just waited for me. The church, can, we can do something together. And I thought, yeah, the church, this is old-fashioned, old-style church. Now I'm in the church and we can bring the kingdom of God forward. I will help God a little bit to make the church more modern. So I, I did, till this day, I did nothing good in my, my, my life, but I thought I'm something special. And then the people from the church came to me and they were, they were fascinated. You know, when somebody new comes into church, the people always say, ah, the new one. He's so on fire for Christ. And I had really a fan club. And they said, yeah, come on, this is the new guy in the church. He got free from drugs. And, and, and he's really something special. And I felt really good. But my reality was I was cleaning the toilet. So the moment of calling is when you know that something good can happen with your life, then you, you have maybe the feeling that God can use me, but you don't know in which direction the way can go. And then back to Peter. Peter was all, also in this moment of calling. He was a young man, but uh, then he saw Jesus working. He saw Jesus doing miracles. Jesus was sending them to do miracles. Jesus preached to them. And he saw faith works. 
And he had the impression, wow, God is with me and I'm really special and everything what I do works. And this is what I call the high performance phase or the peak period. And when we, when we read in Mark 1 verse 1, um, one uh, thing happened here. In Mark 1 verse 31, it says, So he went to her, took her, took her hand and helped her up. The fever left her and she began to wait on them. Jesus healed the mother-in-law from Peter. So the first miracle happened in the house of Peter. And then he experienced more miracles. And one of the greatest miracles from Peter is that he, he could walk on water. And I want to read this with you in Matthew 14, 28 to 30. Here, here we read, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. And then Peter had another uh, great experience. He was in the inner circle of Jesus. In Luke 9, verse 28 to 30, we read, about eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up to the mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and he, his clothes became a bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, taking, talking with Jesus. So this was a very special moment in his peak period in this high performance phase. So Peter was in the inner circle of Jesus. Before he was one of the 12 and now Jesus took Peter onto the mountain and this was such a special moment. So this VIP moment. Now I'm very close to Jesus. Now I'm something really special. And then comes the following. In Luke 9, verse 33, Master, it is good for us to be here, Peter said. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And he thought by himself, and I will stay here. You know, because Peter got upgraded. And once if you're upgraded... You don't want to have a downgrade. Everybody wants to have an upgrade and stay in the upgrade. And he was there and said, wow, I'm with Jesus. Me and my two friends and we stay there. I don't go down there to economy anymore. I am in the business class. You know, you've, you know what's... The difference between business and economy. If you are once in business class, you don't want to go back to this stinky, ugly economy class. You want to stay in the upgrade. Everybody wants. Once you are upgraded in life, you want to, you want to be upgraded and stay there. And the thing is, something came into Peter, which I call pride. I'm better than the other ones. When we are in the upgrade phase in our life, in the upgrade period, we 
we forget very quickly where we came from. Very quickly, people forget that life in the past was not so rich, was not so much fun. Now I'm upgraded. I don't go back there. And I want to have nothing to do with these other people. And in Matthew 26, 35, we read, But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. In the night where, where Jesus was uh, uh, captured by the Romans, Peter said, I will never deny you. You know, he was in this peak period of his life. He was in the high performance phase. Everything worked well. And he thought by himself, I am good. I am good. I am very good. Everything works. He prophesied over me that I am the rock. Yes, I am the rock. And the people saw him and said, he's the rock. He's the one who else were not Peter. Because he had the prophecy. He has the calling. Everything perfect. And you know what was the reality? He was good. It worked. It was very good. He was very successful. It was perfect. Everything. Somebody who can walk on water, this is perfect. <laughs> If somebody steps out of the boat, respect big, you are the man, you're the boss. No, it's true, no? And he stepped, and, and then he was like Superman. You know Superman? So I, 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 love, I love Superman because he looks like me. <laughs> <laughs> It's true, not? Uh, I will never say that I'm Superman, but they never saw him and me in the same room. Just think about it. And I know this from my life because uh, some years ago I started my first church. Everything worked good. We started our second church. It worked perfect in Salzburg and in Vorarlberg, and we had really, uh, I, was in, I, was the friend, I became friend with Leo, bigger, so inner circle, and, and it worked, everything worked out really well. But you know what's the problem with high performance, and if people, uh, when people work very good and everything works well, if you don't have a good character, it can destroy you, because, in this phase of your life, momentum, then it's the high performance, everything works well. The expectations are rising. The expectations from you and the expectations from the others, from the people around you. And this is what I call the potential trap. You know the potential, you see the potential, you have the potential, but you cannot bring it on the floor, on the ground. You have big expectations, but then in life, when everything runs good, it's, there are possibilities that pressure in life rises. Problems are coming. There is a quote who said, a good sailor can be recognized in bad weather. 
So Peter was under pressure and the night came where they captured Jesus before the crucifixion and Jesus and Peter, they were at the same place, they saw each other and the woman came to him and said to Peter in Mark 14, we read it, you also were with with that Nazarene, Jesus, she said, but he denied it. I don't know or understand what you are talking about. Imagine the same guy who received healing for his mother-in-law. Maybe this was revenge because the mother-in-law, no, the same guy who received healing for his mother-in-law, the same guy who walked on water and the same guy who said, I will die with you, Jesus. He said in this situation, under pressure, he said, Jesus, I don't know. Ah, you mean Jesus? You, do you say, did you say Jesus? No, I don't know him. No, now when I think, no. Another woman came, another questions. You are the guy from, the friend from Jesus. He said, ah, Jesus, no. Never heard about him. I have never seen him. Imagine, it's incredible. And then in Mark 14, and he broke down and wept. And then everybody abandoned Jesus. So did Peter. Expectations was rising, were rising. And then he had, he denied Jesus. So some years ago, we moved to Vienna. My wife and me, we, we, we got the offer to plant a church in Vienna. So we planted ICF in Vorarlberg. We helped to plant ICF in, uh, in Salzburg. And then the offer came uh, to plant a church in uh, Vienna. Actually to take over a broken church in this city. And Leo told us, I really have the, uh, the impression, you are the man. You have to go to Vienna because you are an outstanding good leader. And I thought by myself, you're right, I am. And I thought, my wife, she's so beautiful. With her and me, Superman, we can do this. So I thought Vienna was waiting for me. So when I come, immediately we will have revival. And the church in one or two years will be ten times bigger than ICF Zurich because Vienna is much, much bigger than Zurich, and I thought this is no-brainer, we will have success anyhow. And then we arrived in Vienna. We started to work really hard and said, okay, come on, we do this together. And we, we, we took over the church, the people said to us, it can be very difficult to take over a broken church, and I thought, not for me. I can do everything, just work hard, Believe nothing is impossible and come on, let's do this shit. Oh, sorry. <laughs> let's do this stuff. And we started and it was really hard. 
And I thought, yeah, it's just a matter of DNA. And then step by step, people started to leave the church. And I thought, yeah, they have no idea how good we are and, and, and they don't deserve it. And, and it was really, mm, it became harder and harder. And after one year, we had the same amount of people. And I thought, That's, something is wrong. And, but no problem, we work even harder. And then we, uh, my, my wife became depression. She was homesick and she became so depressed that she, she was standing on our balcony and she said, I, will, I want to jump off the balcony because she could not handle the emotions anymore. And we, we came into financial pressure from the church personally because we invested everything in the church and, 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 and people who promised us to stay with us, they left the church. People came to help us and after a time they said, oh, it's very hard here in Vienna. Ciao. And, and I was so disappointed. I was not disappointed because the people were bad in church. I was not disappointed because of the growth and stuff like that. But my expectations were so high that I had a big, big, big disappointment. Because I thought I had different expectations. Maybe you know these situations. You have different expectations of situations in your life. Maybe you think your marriage, ah, oh, you got married and everything went good on the first day. And after one, two or three years, you're disappointed because it's maybe not like you thought it is. Maybe your business, maybe your faith, or maybe your own decisions. Maybe you are dis disappointed from yourself. And someone asked me, have you ever thought to give up? And I said, yeah, every day. Every day during one year, I had the telephone in my hand and said, now I'm going to call Leo, my leader, and said, Leo, I come back. I cannot anymore. I, I don't like to offer my wife on the altar from the church. And I said, this is, this is too much now. I, I was in a burnout. One month I was in the bed. And it was really a tough situation for me because... My expectation was great and the reality was different. And here comes the crucial point, the very important point. What are you doing when you are in such a situation? There is another man in the Bible called Judas. Maybe you, you know him. Judas also uh, was one of the disciples from Jesus. And he sold Jesus to the Romans. He uh, denied him, verraten, uh, he betrayed him. And he was also very disappointed because we see it in the Bible, he cried. And he took an exit. Judas took the exit strategy. He killed himself. And if you are on, the on this point in your life of your biggest disappointments, it's the very important situation and the very important question, 
what are you doing then? Judas and Peter were both disciples of Jesus. One took the exit. A lot of people, when they are disappointed in life, when things are not going like they like that they are go, they take the exit strategy. They give up. Running away from church, running away from marriage, leaving their ministry, or they're just ashamed because the expectation from the people in their family, in their society, they were so big, and they say, okay, I'm disappointed, and the people are disappointed for me, and they leave. Peter took a step further. He said, okay, I'm very disappointed. We read this in the Bible, and he said, I'm very disappointed, but I will do a different thing. You know what he did? In John, it said, I'm going fishing. I'm going fishing. And the other said, we are coming with you. So he did what he, know, he knew he can. He came back of the moment of his calling. And he said, okay, then I go fishing. I know something. It's fishing. He came back of the moment of his calling and I see so many people in church, so many people who believe in Christ, they say, oh, these were the old times when Jesus called me. This was the time when I was on fire for God, but now I'm mature, now I'm too old, now I'm settled down, now I became more like Swiss or Austrian or German and I worship with not so many excited. Uh, exciting uh, expressions. I worship on the inside. I'm more like imploding, not exploding. And, and, and people became very silent. And, and I said, no, come back. Be passionate about Christ. Be passionate about your calling. Come back to the first love of God in your life. This is the only thing Jesus told us to go back. Jesus said, go back to your first love. Your first calling is to love God and you to do what you can do in your daily business. And in John, and this is a very funny situation now, and then they were fishing, fishing again. Same situation like in the beginning. And in John 21, verse 6, he said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will fish. Huh? And you will find some fish. When, when they did, they were unable, altogether were unable to hold the net in because of the large number of fish. And then, in John 21, verse 7, because there was this man on the shore, and then the disciples whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. So they were on the boat, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. This is a very funny situation. Because who gets dressed before jumping into the water? 
He was confused and something happened on it. I don't know what he was thinking. He, 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 he dressed his pullover and his camel hair pullover and, and he jumped into the water. You know how to swim with full dress? It's very hard. You don't do this. You don't jump with clothes into the water. But he was naked and then he jumped, and jumped into the water. Swimming to the shore, Jesus was sitting on the fire and then, and then Peter arrived. <gasps> Jesus, are you here? And he said, yes, I'm at breakfast. Did you have breakfast? No. And he said, oh yeah. Go back, take some fish. Peter, close on, swimming back into the boat. And then comes this moment I love. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Here was the moment of the, of the comeback, coming back stronger from Peter. Because if we read the Bible, we see before the net was very full and all of the 12 disciples they could not take out the net of the water and then Peter went to the boat and we read here into the boat and dragged the net ashore he alone took it he did not run away he took not the exit after his disappointment, he came back on his line of purpose. And then here, he had the meeting with Jesus. And you know, if we meet Jesus after a disappointment, we will come back stronger. Stronger than before because we learned. Stronger than before because we know how to trust God. And he was not driven by his disappointments he was driven by faith in Romans 11 29 it said for God's gift and his call can never be withdrawn the moment of your calling and your calling is holy before God he will never regret what he gave to you he will never regret the calling of your life doesn't matter what you did doesn't matter how big your disappointments are it doesn't matter if you don't run away if you repent and come back if you turn back and come to your calling he can use you and give you more power than you had ever before because Peter was the one who took it on and he became the rock of the church because of the meeting with Jesus not of the calling because he never ran away I'm so grateful today that we can live in Vienna because 25 years ago I left Vienna as a young drug addict people, uh, person and now the church ICF Vienna is exactly at the same place where I started to take drugs more than 25 years ago so every Sunday when I go to church I go out from the metro station see the place where I was injecting heroin more than 20 years ago and I know God is a God of history. 
God is a God of my history, of your history, and His calling is never gone. And, so, and I'm so thankful for the people in our church in Vienna, people getting saved one by one by one by one with a big international community, but people getting saved and I'm so thankful for this and I know God always comes to us and gives us the opportunity to come back stronger. So church, I want to invite you to stand up with me and I'd like to pray together and at the next song we will sing a reckless love together and maybe in your life the disappointments was, was, was so big that you cannot handle it anymore but God wants to come today into your life to wash away your disappointments and to give you a new power a new encouragement and a new strength to go forward into your calling and if you left your calling because of disappointments today is the day to come back if you're in the, on the edge to leave and to take the exit, today is the day that you say, okay, I go back to Jesus, to my calling. God, I thank you that we can be here today. And God, you are the God of our calling. You are the God of, uh, of history. You are the God of my history, of our history. And you said you will never leave us alone and you will never forsake us and you will never stop loving us. And I thank you that you restore callings today. I thank you that you restore visions today. And I break the yoke of disappointment who wants to, to steal your calling for God, for your life, for the church and for your environment. And I bless you in the mighty name of Jesus with this new power, with this new encouragement, with this new strength to follow Jesus in your calling. trust your sovereignty when there is no clarity because I can't sit forever in my disappointment and pain. I'm going to stand and I'm going to sing again, sing again, sing again. Fear loves to limit you. Fear loves to keep you where you are. Fear wants you to do what you have always done and never do anything else. Fear wants to shackle your potential and fear always wants to limit you. But every everlasting change starts with the Word of God. The Word of God has a power in it like nothing else. Jesus, I'm afraid. Jesus, let's do it. And there are moments when you are in a ladder, when you are facing an area where you're super afraid. Pray, grab, hold, face. 
and please don't give up.